Okay, so I just want to say that I did not intend for the beginning of this episode to start off negatively because that's what's going to happen. It's 11 p.m. and I've just deleted all the dating apps off my phone. I had all three, Bumble, Hinge, Tinder, deleted them all. And I'm never, ever going back on them again. I've actually put a lock on all of them. And the password is you stupid bitch. So if I ever feel like downloading it again, at least maybe I will rethink it having to type those words back in because this is just, it's insane. So I'm on Bumble and I'm like, okay, you know what? Like I had my age range set to like 27 to 30. And I was like, that's good. I was like, 27 to 30 is good. That works for me. And then like these guys were just like, not boring, but they were all really like, I don't know. It was too much. Like they had like, I want to introduce you to my mom today energy. And like, I don't want that either. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I was like, okay, you know what? I was like, this is not, maybe this isn't the age range that I need to go for. Let's try to find like a, you know, mature 23 year old guy that just whatever. Let's just go see what's out there. Cause I haven't put it on 23 in a really long time because again, I've been there already. I'm fucking done. Put it on to 23 match with this guy that I think is cute. And we're talking for not very long. Like I'm saying like, there's maybe been like four messages going back and forth. And this guy writes, so I put on like, first of all, doesn't ask any questions about me. We're just kind of like, I haven't asked him anything about him. Like we're just generally like small talk. You know what I mean? He writes, are you even funny? Question mark. Like, do you write good jokes? That's what he said to me. I think the message I wrote before that was like something about my dog or something about my tell. Like it was not like I wasn't trying to be funny. And then he said this to me, which would have been so much worse. He wrote, are you even funny? Like, do you write good jokes? Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm fucking done. I have on my dating app that I'm a comedy writer. Cause if I put stand-up comedian, I, it just avoids the whole, like, tell me a joke bullshit. But clearly I'm mean, I am out here getting roasted by my own 3am inner monologue. Are you even funny? Do you even write good jokes? Wow. The amount of times that I have said that to myself at 4 a.m. on a Monday is insane. It's re- <laughs> it's true that when you think about something enough that it manifests in your real life. And this is it manifested in the form of a fucking 23-year-old DJ. That's how it came to me. And guys, for the first time in my life, like I have never, I consider myself a sane person. I I think that I'm stable. I have never, like, I consider myself a sane person, but this is like, wow. Like I immediately just wanted to like skydive out of my window just to prove a point. Like just literally (laughs) just to prove a point just jump in front of the go train train tracks just to prove a point. It's just so confusing. It's like, do you, have you ever, it, it just makes me wonder if they've ever had a conversation with anybody in their life. It's like, listen, I know it's on the internet, but I think that we've evolved 
as a society, this is the new norm. Dating apps are the norm. It's not like this is a new thing and it's like the 80s or the 70s or whatever. And you, you're just hearing about the internet and everybody talks like a fucking serial killer online because we don't know how to use it yet. It's like, no, like you can pick up things from just a text message now. Like it feels like a regular conversation. If you text somebody for long enough, you can feel like you know them. Um, you know what? Actually, maybe I'm just going to exclude me. I'm going to join an anime club and I'm going to find an anime boyfriend overseas. That's how I'm going to do it. He's going to be whatever, 50 or something. And I'm just, that's it. it we're going to have an exclusively online relationship. I'm not going to know his real name. I'm not going to know what he looks like. It's his avatar is going to be like a pogo stick or something. And mine is going to be like a candle and we're just going to talk and just be overseas online lovers. And we're going to talk for like one hour in between his sunrise and my sunset And I'm going to say good morning and he's going to say good night. And that's it. That's going to be the extent of our relationship. Cause I honestly think that's all I can handle. Like, yeah, again, I look, I don't know how to transition from that into this, into an introduction for my guest, but I guess I'm just going to, um, whatever, you know what? I'm just going to literally, I'm just going to do like abstract painting and I'm going to do something really fucking scary. I'm going to either change my hair or I'm going to do like a really scary, like abstract painting that's made out of like fucking red and black. And it's going to be like weirdly, like, it's just going to be weird. And I'm going to scare the shit out of everybody in my family. But you know what? That's what happens when you have boy problems. I'm unhinged. So that's what's going to happen. Okay. Listen, the guest that I had on this episode is phenomenal. He is the nicest guy. He is one of the most consistent comedians I know. This guy works his ass off. He puts 110% into every single show that he does. Um, I've literally never seen him drop the ball. He's a great friend, greater performer. He headlines across the country. He's been to Just for Laughs. He recorded for the CBC and... Um, Recently, he did another recording for Just for Laughs that you'll get to see on TV. So I don't know when it's coming out, but sometime soon. Um, guys, Marito Lopez is on the podcast. And I really, really love this conversation because Marito is someone who is so independent and like strong-willed and spiritual. And he's not afraid to speak his mind on spirituality. Um, I feel like especially as like a comedian, sometimes as a male comedian, they have a hard time with, I don't know, spirituality and things like that, or, or like admitting to it or whatever. But Marito is just, he's open and honest. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear it because he's hes rock solid. So um, yeah, enjoy. And yeah. Yeah, I was doing uh, some shows at the Laugh Lounge. It's like a new little spot. No way. How is it? So sick. It's so fun, man. And like really? they, they treat us like royalty. Like they give, they give us like uh, like food and like uh, we, we got an Airbnb. It was really Stop. cool. Yeah. But I feel like um, Ont- Ontario is going to shut down again. So like this is going to be the last show. I really? So Ottawa is actually going into another lockdown. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've been chasing lockdowns. 
I was in a yeah. dude. You've just been like bouncing around, like you do your final. This is how you know a city's about to go into lockdown. Is like after you've headlined in it. <laughs> after I leave, and then it just shuts the fuck down. It just shut down. <laughs> it's like me with like relationships. Like all the guys that I go on dates with, then find the love of their life. Like I'm the last person that they date until they literally go get married. They fall madly in love. Yo, Juliana, do you still love Super Jack dudes? No. You're done with that? Well, I I remember the, that was a mistake. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Bring that guy to a show. I, I clearly, I mean, yeah. Is that what? Because I remember he met Josh and uh, Dave Burke. There were some people there, and I was like, this is already too many people that know about this. This is already too many. But it was so funny because I remember you showed me a picture of him and I'm like, wow, this guy's Jack. And then you were like, that's how I love them. I love <laughs> I love big, strong man. And I was like, Juliana, who are you? <laughs> Just a big Jack show. That's what you <laughs> Just a big fucking dude doesn't even have to have a big dick just big muscles you need those forearms juliana yeah i think that guy was on steroids because he had a very small head and then just like huge and i was like there's no way this guy's not taking steroids this is crazy i thought you were gonna say very small dick i was gonna be like god damn this (laughs) podcast is lit no that's so funny yeah he ended up like um like he he just got like weird like he was not very attentive Here's a fun fact. Here's what I thought. Yeah, guys that are really in shape are they don't listen. They really don't give a shit. So he's bad listener. Yeah, because he was all he's all about his his meal plans. Yeah, he is literally like straight up. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't like that because it's like guys that are too obsessed with going to the gym and like watching what they eat and stuff like that. Like they can't like if we can't go get an ice cream, then like what's the point? What are we doing? Yeah, one thousand. That's what I that's what I live. My relationships are based on my next ice cream. So where have you been traveling? Like, what's your, um, like, what's your COVID anxiety? Like, do you have anxiety about COVID? Or are you just like, listen, I'm going to be safe, but I'm going to do my own thing and whatever happens, well, happens. That, that's the thing, right? Is like, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I just like, I have this thing inside of me that I just need to always work. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm always needing to work, like whether it's writing stand up or acting or whatever i always gotta go work and uh with this whole like covid thing you get anxiety because you feel bad right you don't want to be irresponsible yeah i don't want to get sick i don't want to get my family sick especially uh my family because like my my parents are older my brother's going through chemotherapy so like i have to be super careful and it's like this is this is our outlet you know what i'm saying yeah right and like and it, it it sucks when we we're not able to do it Right. So like I've been trying to uh, savor as much stage time as I can. So and that really helped me with my development this year because I was able to to go out there in that theater. Right. And not have any worries about bombing. Good. I was like, I can't bomb. I've been practicing this whole time. Good. You know, like, yeah. I'm sorry to get like like spiritual, but I'm like, God gave me stage time. So I'm a fucking go out there and just kill it. Yeah. And that's what I did. Like, yeah. and it felt great. Because the first time I ever did Just for Laughs, I bombed so hard. Really? I bombed so that's hard. Like, that's it, so hard to believe because you're like, 
you and like Mike Rita are the two most consistent comedians that I know. Oh, thank you. That's thank crazy. you. I love, I love Mike too, man. He's the greatest. But, but, but yeah, like I, I, I just wasn't in a mental state to like, to, to, to perform well. I was in my head. You know what I mean? I was too thinking too much about ego, whatever, whatever. But this time around, I, I just felt confidence and I didn't put so much pressure and expectations on the end result. I just went and did it. I, w- I just looked at the facts. Hey, I've been doing stand-up consistently. I've practiced my bits. Uh, here's this opportunity. I'm going to kill this opportunity. And that's yeah. it. Simple. That's perfect. And that's amazing. And that, do you know what? That takes so much work to get there because like for some people, like for me, that's really difficult. Like I, you have to like really like breathe and like trust yourself and say, Hey, I trust the practice that I've done. I've been doing this long enough. I've been to whatever, whatever room I've traveled across the country, done shitty bar shows and these fucking weird things with like taxidermy on the wall in the middle of Ontario and then you're just like, it's all for, it's all for this. Like, trust the training. You're going to be fine. And then that's how yeah. you succeed. And that's how, like going up on stage with like that carefree, my best showcase that I ever had was, uh, it was like a year or two ago. And it was like, not the best showcase. Like the crowd wasn't really that warm for some reason. They were kind of off. And then it took away all the pressure. Cause I was like, oh, this crowd's like kind of fucked, like whatever, like I felt looser in my mind. Like I felt like I wasn't taking it as seriously. I didn't feel the pressure and the weight of like my future depends on this one seven minute set. Yeah. And then you go out and that's when you have the best set is when you're not putting that pressure on yourself mentally. Yeah. When you don't care and, yeah. and straight up, I stopped caring about getting festivals uh, or, or anything, any love from the industry. Cause I was like, you know what, man, I don't need their acceptance or their love because I, I, I've proven time and time again that I can do this by myself. You know what I mean? If Yuck Yucks isn't going to give me a tour, I'm going to go do it myself. Yeah. Right. If this so-and-so isn't going to give me a theater, I'm going to book my own. Yeah. Right. And like, that's, that's the type of way I do it. And this year I could give a fuck if I got a festival and then guess what happened? I got one. You know what I mean? Cause I stopped that's caring. Right. Yeah. I put it in the universe that I'm better than that type of vanity and it rewarded me or yeah. whatever yeah it's it's 100 like it's it's about believing in your product and you put it out there you push it you know yeah. you're like a drug dealer for yourself you're yeah. always constantly you're out there you're like putting out your vibe and uh i don't know man like i i, I honestly owe that to my parents because my parents are like immigrants and they, they they were poor when they were in el salvador they worked in coffee fields so like, there's just something in me. I inherited their uh, their work ethic. So I love to just work. I like to get my name out there and do whatever it takes. And you know what's crazy? Yeah. Uh, I, I paid for my par- parents' flooring. This Stop. Year. Yeah, Dude. man. I, car- I paid for their carpets upstairs, downstairs. And like, I don't know, man. I, I felt so proud of myself because I'm like, I've never done an adult thing for them. You know what I mean? I know what you mean pay for their flooring i was like yo that that means so much to me especially right now during fucking covid where like comedians are making money i was able to still provide for them dude that is so cool oh my god that like just gave me shivers like that is so (laughs) no like that's that is really amazing and that's 
and they love and they love it. And here's yeah. the thing, man. Carpets are a very white people thing. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> right? Buying carpets, looking at carpets, looking at carpet samples. Just carpet in general has always been a white institution to me. So the fact <laughs> that I was able to purchase carpet for them, I feel like a goddamn king. <laughs> you, you, like I remember the first time I ever went to a white person's house and I saw carpet, like good carpet. And I was like, wow. That was the first time I ever came. <laughs> and I was eight. And I came when I saw my boy's carpet. I was eight. Do you understand oh that? God. I came. I feel like I know what you're talking about. I know that carpet. It's like in, in, the, in a basement and it's like a cream color. Cream. It's always cream. It's always a nice cream color. A little bit more on the whiter side, like very light yeah. cream. Yeah. And, you know, they've got like one cat. They've got like a cat post in the basement. It's kind of empty. Yeah. Cat post. Oh, classic white people structure. Yeah. I love a cat post. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's amazing. <laughs> I feel like you got a cat post. I don't have a cat post. Damn it. I know that you think I'm like a white lady. Yeah. And I am. <laughs> I definitely am. Yeah. But you love Jack dudes. That's the most ethnic part about you. But yeah, um, like I, I've just been, I've just been like, you know, doing my thing. And now that things are going to shut down again. Yeah. I, I've just been writing a lot, man. Good. Writing so much. I love blogs. I went to school for writing. So I'm like, I don't know. You you know what? You know what's crazy? Yeah. I don't think I'm a naturally gifted comedian. You know what I mean? Okay, like, so I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. Because sometimes I feel that. Yeah. And I'm like, I can, like when some comedians are up there and they're just killing it. First of all, watching you perform, I'm like, that's an example of somebody who is a naturally gifted comedian. Like, I, I truly believe that you are naturally gifted. And I'm like... I'm not like that. Like, I don't think of, like, I do kind of think of things it's like, it depends. Like, I'm not like, I don't write on stage. Like to me, like comedians that were like born to do this are able to like write on stage and like be out of their heads the whole time. But that's not like, we're doing this. We're all meant to be doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like everybody has their own different definition of success. Exactly. You know, everybody, everybody has their own like, like road or like style or whatever, yeah. whatever. Right. But, but thank you for saying that too. Cause you, here's the thing. You kill me off stage, right? On stage, I I told you this. I'm, I told you many times after like we go outside and like we're about to like take the subway. I always say, yo man, your writing is insane. That's <laughs> something I wish I could have. You know what I mean? Cause I'm more energy, whatever, whatever. But the thing is off stage, you kill me too. Like you're so funny. Every time like we do our little dances or whatever, or, or you tell me that you love Jack dudes, I just die. <laughs> <laughs> like I lose my mind, right? Oh, so, dude, I miss, I really miss seeing you at shows. We do have a lot of fun off stage. Sure. It's a real party. Um, thank you for saying that. But yeah, like every comedian, like I wish I was more like you. Like I wish I was able to be out of my head more and have like energy and like bring energy to a show. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't think that your style of comedy is dependent on how the audience is. Like the audience could be like meh and you know that you're like my style of comedy, my energy, I'm gonna really bring it and I'm gonna like make this crowd love me. I feel like yeah. I maybe don't have that or I haven't figured out how to do that yet. Like I'm still kind of like, if the crowd is meh, it yeah. takes like, I can't just go out there and like bring energy cause I'm not a high energy comedian. So I have to like find a different way to like win them over. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. But like, you, when you got like fucking sharp razor blade jokes, like you, like you get them. You're like bop, bop, bop. You know, like you do your thing. Like good writing is fucking phenomenal, man. Like, like another person who I love that that writes incredibly is Jared. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. Oh, he's just so fucking. He's a genius when it yeah. comes to putting words together. Especially yeah. the way he does it, because he's from a small town, Ontario. Yeah. Right. So, like he does it in this like brilliant way, and it, it's like that's that to me that's natural. Yeah. And, and and even though like I love what you're saying about me, I don't think I have that natural. Like I, I'm a naturally funny guy, but I'm not a natural stand-up. Like Mike Reed is a natural stand-up, right? But when I but when I write, when I do writing or blogging or any of that type of stuff. That's when I feel a natural thing. Does that make sense? So when you're writing more, that's when you feel the natural thing. Yeah, I feel okay. like a natural talent, right? Okay. And, okay. And it's because I went to school for it. Yeah. Also, uh, I don't know. I just, I love reading. I love literature. I love all of that shit. If I could be a poet in Ireland in a tower, I would do it. I would quit comedy. <laughs> 1000%. In Ireland, in a tower. Perfect. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean by that. You painted that picture perfectly. Yes. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and I would just, I, I would just work out, do pushups and write poetry. Yeah. I can see that. See, for me, like I picture myself like painting. Yeah. And then just like living oh. in like a shitty apartment in like Venice and just like being inspired by the ocean all day. Just looking out into the ocean, spent hours looking at the ocean. Oh, that's amazing. That's my alter ego. Um, but I'm so fascinated by this topic. Like, I don't know, it's really interesting for me to hear other comedians talk about like them feeling like natural comedians. Cause it's like, we all have our own, everybody has a different definition of what a natural comedian is supposed to sound like and look like, do you know what I mean? And for some reason it's never what we are and what we bring to the table. Like you'll never, I'll never be sitting there and be like, oh, like I'm such a natural comedian. Like I, I just love being this natural comedian. Like it's always <laughs> like somebody that has something that you don't where you're just like, oh, that person is a natural comedian because they can do this thing. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that's like so beautiful about it is that everybody just has something different. All Everybody's just so different. And it's like, it's just so unique to your life experiences and where you are currently and where you've come from. And it's like, it's really just a beautiful thing to like kind of watch and watch other comedians kind of like unfold. You know, and, and, and that's an amazing point too. It's like, uh, it's so funny because it, it's about how you speak to yourself, right? How do you talk to yourself after a show or before a show, right? Yeah. And I never noticed how negative I've, I've been to myself. You know, or like, hey, man, you missed that punchline. The audience didn't like you. Uh, you're too much energy. You don't write good jokes, whatever, whatever. Right. And you're right. You People don't sit there and be like, oh, man, I'm a natural comedian. <laughs> right. Like That's that's a weird thing to say. But it's like it's so it, it is so dope to watch my friends become become this like, uh, I guess, like a model for what I want to do with my stand up. And I love it. Like Jared's one of those guys, Mike Rita. Chris Robinson, Dave Mahesh, right? Like, there's just Sandra Badalini. There's so many funny people in in Toronto and in Canada that just teaches you how to step your game up. Yeah. I love it. That's right. Because you're just like, oh, like, I feel like I miss, I'm lacking that. And then you kind of like watch them and see yeah. how they do it and try to figure it out and maybe try to incorporate some of that into your set. Yeah. Um, 
And if you're being super aware, if you're being super mindful, you know how, like you have people that you look up to, right? And stand up. Yeah. Okay. If you, if you take a moment to be super mindful and let the universe do its thing, you start recognizing that people look up to you as well. And that is a fucking, that's a gift. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I, I guarantee you there's younger comedians in our community who look at you and they're like, oh, I want to be like that. Right. And I remember the first time I caught a glimpse of that is when 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 uh, when some kid from Brampton, he was like, yo, bro, I I do crowd work because of you. And I remember that shook me to my core. Dude, that is like that is the craziest, most gut wrenching thing. Like if there was like a young female comic who came up to me or male, but female comic, because I would just I would see so much of myself in them. Yeah. Came up to me and was like said anything positive about me I would be like I'm gonna take you I'm gonna abduct you and you're gonna live with me now and we're just gonna do comedy together we're gonna we're just gonna do that forever that's so that's so wow what an amazing feeling yeah it's so amazing right because like how did you how did you interpret that like how did you digest that well because my whole career right I've been I've been looking at guys like like Merhej uh Pavone and like Ron Jostle and sometimes I feel like a dick rider you understand okay. right and like and then and then I also started thinking oh man I, I'm not good enough yet for people to like to look at me as a as a role model or whatever whatever but then when that happened it's like oh shit it's, and you know what I always notice it when I don't feel good about my stand-up yeah you understand it's like a yeah. little gift being like yo man you're doing the right thing you're on the right path so it, it's always humbling it's it's very like, it's like you're getting a sign that, yo, you're on the right path. Keep doing your thing. That's exactly what it is. That's how I always interpret things like that. And it's whenever you're feeling like not too hot, that random things will come up and like surprise you. Like, this is going to sound so weird. And I kind of hate saying this, but like, I just have to, because it's true. It's like, if you want to be something or if you want to be more like that, or if you want to do like whatever, just like claim it, like just be that already. Like, don't say like, when I get this, I'm going to feel really good about myself. It's like when you get that and where you are right now is the same person. So it's like, just claim it already. If you're thinking about it and your mind is already going to that place where you want to be the super confident person, or you want to be this like amazing joke writer and performer, just, just be it already. You know what I mean? Oh, one one thousand percent, and that's like one of my things. Is I'm always like, oh, when I get confident or when I get, gain the courage or whatever, whatever. It's like, no, man, that's now. Yeah. The only time we have in this world is now. Yeah. Like life is so precious and short. Yeah. Right. That you got to do this shit now. The past yeah. is gone. The future, you don't even know if you're gonna have a future. Yeah. So the only moment to work and do this shit to practice courage or whatever the fuck you want is now. And yeah. you know what's crazy? Do you watch The Office? Yeah. Right? Do you, Jim and Pam? Do you like Jim and Pam? I like Jim and Pam. Yeah. Yo, I fucking hate Jim and Pam. You hate, oh my God. Okay. Never mind. Right? I hate Jim and Pam too. Never mind. <laughs> but I always tell people, I always tell people that I hate Jim and Pam and they're like, how? How could you hate them? They're the best part <laughs> of the show. And I hate them because I, I hate how cocky Pam gets towards the end. That she's just so mean. Because at the beginning of the series, she's so uh, timid and yeah. like shy and whatever, whatever. Yeah. So like, and and one time I told that to a girl and she was like, what, are, do, are you intimidated by powerful women? 
And I'm like, no, no, it's just that she just, it's a, it, it's an abrupt change, but yeah. I've been rewatching the office and you know, the episode beach games where she has yeah. to walk on the fire. That's <laughs> yes. Where she, that's where she finds her courage. Right? And then she goes right. and tells Jim, Hey, it sucks that we're not friends anymore. Uh, I still have feelings for you, blah, blah, blah. And then she turns into the bitch, which yeah. is amazing. Now, when I look back at it, I'm like, that's incredible. Right. Because I used to hate her for finding her courage. And the reason I was intimidated by that is because I didn't have courage. You understand? Got you. Yeah. Yeah. So So, my mind was blown. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I lost Um, my mind. That is. It's about finding it now. Or you know what I mean? Or else you're just going to be timid and shy for the rest of your life. Yeah. Walk on the fire. Jim and Pam. That's what it is. It's like, just, just do it. Just be that person that you want to be. Don't say, don't be bogged down by like festivals or tapings or whatever it is. It's like getting a festival or taping is like the cherry on top, but it shouldn't be something that is like, that proves your worth as a human being or a, a performer. Um, it's an exciting thing to get. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately what you, the foundation, like this is something that I'm working on myself is like, you want to, have people to come and see your shows and yeah. you want to enjoy the act of writing and performing. That's literally it. If you focus on those two things, everything else will come eventually. And that's like anything in life. You know what I mean? It's like, you have to fix things at like a foundation level. Um, one thing that you said is that you're, are you, you're less hard on yourself now than you used to be like after having a set that you didn't like 10 out of 10 kill and feel so great about like, what's your, negative talk cycle like what's that, well, that, like? that that's the thing right it's like okay man um dave dave Merhage is like my fucking hero in co- canadian comedy he's yeah. just a man so when when uh we were at the festival there uh dave just noticed that i was different i was like i just felt more at ease and i was comfortable and he's like bro you seem like you don't care anymore and i was like yeah i don't i honestly don't and yeah. he's like, dude, that's where you got to get to because um, we're always fucking concerned with demolishing crowds, being a killer. Oh, yo, I'm a murderer. Bop, bop, bop. Let's go get it. Let's go get it. I'm the greatest of all time. But it's like, no, nah, man, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you have a bad set, you're going to have another set. You understand? Like, it, even if you kill, what does that do for you? Yeah. Yeah, you feel great in the moment, but it's gone after. Yo, yeah. life continues on. Like, you got to keep going. So whether I kill or bomb now, it doesn't affect me anymore. Because now I know that that doesn't determine who I'm going to be in my journey. Because I've bombed hard. And now those bombs are don't even matter. I've murdered. I've murdered to the point of, like, uh, where people can't follow me and they're scared to follow me. But what the, That doesn't matter either. Right. Because I've murdered at showcases. And guess what? I haven't booked anything. I've bombed at showcases and I booked something like yeah. it, it truly doesn't matter. It's yeah. just about how you feel. Yeah. You understand everything that's internal should not be affected by the external. Yeah. Right. So like, as long as they've, as, as long as they've, like you're grooming yourself to like be the perfect you, you're good. Right. Dude, that is so wow. Because even if I bombed at the, at the festival, you know what, man? Fuck it. That's not going to change who I am. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Damn, dude. Yeah, you said it perfectly. Like, that's exactly 
what it is. That's exactly what it is. Cause you do great and you have a great set and it's like, your life doesn't change. It doesn't put $5,000 in your pocket. Like it just life exactly. goes on. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're gonna life goes and you're going to have sets where you're a little bit more disappointed, but like, I definitely have like, I struggle big time with like the negative self-talk for sure. And it's not even sets like anything that whatever my expectation is for the show. Like if I go into the show expecting to like do great, like if it's a showcase or if it's anything, any kind of show and I do less than what I, how I expect this to go, then I'm so disappointed. I'm like, I'm failing as a comedian. I see my life changing. I picture myself at 60 with like, just like being this shriveled up, like miserable person because my career didn't go the way that I wanted it to. And like, yeah, I, I picture everything, just everything going totally tits up and uh, <laughs> tits up. And that's the thing is like, it's like, I have like really high highs and really low lows. And mm-hmm. I'm currently working on trying to find a medium and just staying in this happy medium where like, okay, great things might happen, but also, you know, it doesn't define your entire career. Even if something amazing happens, it doesn't define your entire career. Just like how if something really bad happens, doesn't define your entire career. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something else as well. Hopefully this will give you like, uh, like a better, a better understanding of it too, of like finding your journey to that balance. I've fucked up so much in my career to the point where I, I've been arrested after shows. I've drank myself stupid. I've been on stage hammered and I got escorted off. You understand? Like I've done everything that you're not supposed to do in stand-up. And still by the grace of God, that hasn't defined my career. Yeah. You understand? Right? Right. Like people still give me chances. People still let you go out there and do your thing. Just as long as if you're working on yourself. Yeah. If you're working for forgiveness or for... Um, even a bomb, something as simple as a bomb. As long as you keep going out there to to make sure that you're the best comedian, fuck a bomb. Yeah. You know, bomb is a part of the process. Yeah. Right. And that's how that's how I look at my recovery now. Relapses are part of the process, and it's not an excuse to go get hammered, but it's like it, it's it's about that self talk. It's about being like, hey man, you fell off the wagon, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You're still alive. You're still here, man. So get the fuck up and go try again. Right. And 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 that's how I look at my stand-up, anything now, even with girls, right? Like if if I fail with a girl or whatever, or if, or if I hurt a girl, I, it, it's like a learn, it's like a lesson. Hey man, you gotta you gotta continue. You can't get stuck in in this self-pity because self-pity is the the most selfish thing that you can do in life because. Life is so precious when you look at the 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 foundations. Yeah. Hey man, you're breathing. You got food. You got whatever. Hey man, I get to do stand up for a living. Yeah. Fuck a bomb. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly what it is, and that's actually what I was talking to Mike about. Is like, it is so important. And again, it takes practice. Some people are already better at it than others. I know that it takes practice for me. Um, because I'm one of those people that like my entire existence, everything that I am as a human being, like Juliana, me, my personality, every part about my life is my happiness depends on how well my set goes that night. Like 
everything Yo, yeah. who I am. Like, I'll never be like, listen, you're an amazing friend. You're this or whatever. Like, no, like, it's like, this is the only thing that matters. This is the only thing that my life, this is my only, this is it. Mm. And that's an immense amount of pressure to put on yourself. And I have gotten better at that. But like two years ago, like it was a very different story. Like I definitely am somebody that is like obsessed in that way. Um, but I was talking to Mike about it and it's just about like being grateful for every single show, everything, like just the act of being able to get on just the fact that we know what, like our, I guess, calling, I don't even want to call it that because I feel like that's too extreme because everybody has a purpose in life. doesn't matter what it is, but I'm just saying like having stand up as an outlet and knowing that we are, can do stand up comedy is such an amazing gift like to to go on stage and like make people laugh like the just at the foundation of it like you write you think about something you write it down and you put it into practice in real life yeah and you get a reaction from a group of people that's yeah. crazy that's insane. It's insanity it's insanity it's insane it's insanity because it's the biggest fear to do public speaking for people yeah and the fact that we add making people laugh to it is like it's it's like you're going into a lion's den you understand <laughs> yeah. for most people that's how big the fear is yeah to make people uh to engage people in public speaking yo and we go out there we're like warriors you understand like we're, we're doing things that people would never want to do like for example i would never want to fight in a war right never I, i'm pretty sure a lot of people feel that but that's how I look at stand-up. It's like we're going to war. They're, yeah. they're putting us, they're putting us on the front lines. And it's like, yo, man, you could bomb super easily. Right? The the the, the slightest thing could go wrong. And then boom, you're up there for five minutes sweating. And I've had that. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent And it's like everything is kind of, I guess when you think about it like that, it's like, yeah, everything is set up for you to fail. It's like you could sit here and think, like, okay, what would a group of people care to say, to hear what I have to say about this issue or like care to hear about like what I have to say about my life or whatever. But I think yeah. that for us, it's maybe like a deeper, cause like, like you said, like for somebody who is afraid of public speaking, but who is really good with one-on-one -on -one conversations that freaks me out. Like one-on-one -on -one is scary for me. If it's somebody that like, I don't really know that well yet, like, you know what I mean? But they could be really great with like, you know, personal relationships or whatever and those kinds of things scare me but I just think that like doing stand-up for me at least is like this is how I make sense of life this is not it's not about it's not about like the fear of going on stage is not even I don't even consider it it's like it's just part of how I express myself yeah and it's like, this is how I have to make sense of my life this is how I have to you make sense of the world yeah yeah 100 percent you know you know you know what else is insane that I'm learning as I'm getting older is the more you heal yourself and uh, talk good to yourself and like, um, I, I guess, organize yourself. Yeah. You're also doing, and this might sound fucked up, okay? But you're also healing your ancestors. You're healing your family, like your friends, right? Because my parents work their asses off, right? Uh, and, and they're immigrants and uh, they're not doing the career they want to do. But every time... I, I, I get a year of sobriety or I book a TV taping or I book my own show. They get so happy that it cures all the shit that they went through. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, 
and like on an even bigger spiritual realm, I feel like that cures their parents' worries, even though they're gone, they're not here anymore. But it, that energy is just like, it's beautiful, man. The more, the more you heal yourself and like try to better yourself, it's actually helping other people around you. Yeah. And, and, and in standup too, right? Like the, the more we like take away this power from like bombing and uh, talking to bookers or talking to whoever, it makes it easier for other comics who look up to us. They're like, oh shit, these festivals don't really matter. These uh, TV tapings don't really matter. But having said that, if they do happen, appreciate them. Be yeah. grateful as fuck for them. Right. Yeah. Um, that's very true. And that's so interesting. Or am I just rambling? I don't no, even no, know. Like, it, oh my God, I love this. This is like, this is feeding my soul right now. I love it so much. Um, <laughs> no, like, uh what was I gonna say I was gonna say something about oh yeah do you feel because I feel like especially in Canadian comedy and I don't know why the fuck this exists here we are so like humble and people feel bad and I know people that look down on other people who self-promote they think it's corny or cheesy or whatever or yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like if I was to go put on my own show, like if I was to go do like a theater show in my hometown and just like start selling tickets, I'm like, I feel like a, a, an asshole about this. I, Cause I feel like people think that this is corny. I feel like they think it's stupid or yeah. they feel like I'm not ready that. But I'm like, I don't want people to think that like, I feel like I'm doing this before I'm ready. Like I need 10 people to tell me that this is okay before yeah. I proceed with this idea, you know? Yeah. For sure. Or like handing out business cards at the end of shows, like we already have like nothing in this in this country. We don't have a star system. All we have are like festivals and TV tapings to like help get our name out there. And these shows, like every show that you do, you're exposing yourself to like 250 people sometimes a night, depending on where you are. And it's like, why why have I never seen a comedian like? hand out business cards after a show like the only comedians that do that are the ones that go to the states and then come back and headline yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and that's the thing right it's like because we're so that that canada's so humble like there's so much humility that it's like you don't want to seem like you're you're doing too much yeah right but it's like we got to get rid of that fucking mindset because it's like no man you got to go and do whatever the fuck it takes to make your dream come true yeah right and whether that dream is like becoming this like Kevin Hart type of dude or even like uh, or, or uh, uh, Jerry D or whatever, it's, it's like you got to put in that work, man. You can't be scared to hand out a business card, to sell merch, to promote yourself. You have to promote yourself. Ain't That's nobody else going to do it for you. I remember when I was like working at like Home Sense and Bath and Body Works and all these shit part-time jobs. And I'm like, like, I heard a comedian talk to another comedian, but like, it's too early for you to be selling merch or whatever. And I'm like, man, like, no, it's not. Like, if you're at a show and like somebody comes up to you, like there have been so many shows where like, I haven't even been headlining and like, people will be like, Hey, like, that was great. Like, thanks for whatever, doing the show tonight. And it means so much to me. And it's yeah. like, why don't I just give them a business card? Like, would it be so, would I feel so ashamed if I gave them a business card and said, Hey, you know, like if you liked it, like you can follow me on Instagram or social media or whatever, and you can come up to the next show. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's no, like, exactly. I always think that people like they come up to us and they compliment us, but like, they don't want to see us again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you, exactly. And that's the thing, man. Don't let other people's insecurities or fears play into your journey. 
Yeah. Because fuck that. You gotta you gotta do whatever it takes to make that road clearer, to make it like a like a less bumpy ride. Yeah. And if you're not self-promoting, if you're not putting out merch and making money, yeah. Like, come on, man. Yeah, like, who the fuck are you to judge if I'm selling a t-shirt after a show? It doesn't matter if I'm hosting, it doesn't matter if I'm the middle act. It's like, are you the one that has to go work a part-time job to like make extra money still? Like, no, okay. Well then exactly. let me do what it like. You're not gonna take my shift at home sense for me. It's like selling yeah, yeah. t-shirts helps me get rid of that fucking shift that I don't want to take. Yeah, man. And so you can like, make yeah. You can yeah. make good money too off of off of like the, the extras, you know, like yeah. self-promotion, your Instagram, uh merch, whatever. If people are doing TikToks, like do your thing. I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, whatever it takes for you to get where you want to be, do yeah. it. I'll make fun of people. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like I still make fun of people, but it's like, it's all out of love, you know? That's like, exactly right. And all the comedians that or whatever, whoever it is, comedians, people that like want to judge you for it or whatever. It's like, well then let them. It's like, I don't know why you guys haven't done this yet. It's like, it's just fucking, it's just part of it. Like, I don't know. It, it's, it's really just part of like, what do you think? Like, I need to wait till I have like I don't know, a company follow me around to like do it for me. Like you, I have to wait until I have a fucking TV show to want to sell t-shirts. Like why exactly. do I have to be like, it's like selling, if you sell like a t- one t-shirt for like 20 bucks, if you sell four of them that night out of a crowd of 200 people that come out to the show, you've yeah. already made up for whatever part-time shift you were going to take earlier this week. And one you thousand. feel better about yourself. It's validating it. You're making money. You made some extra cash. You know see. what I've been doing? I've been selling blouses after my show. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I set up a table and then I take all my old blouses and I put tags on them with my info and then I sell them. I run a vintage store after my shows. It's amazing. Marito. How Stop. sick is that? Yeah, and people Stop. love it. And then they make me sign the blouse. It's my favorite thing. I love it. I, I am so, I am so, so inspired by that right now. That is so fucking cool. Hey, oh my it's God. Great. So yeah, what do you, it's like just old blouses that you don't wear anymore. You just like yeah. literally sell them. I'm fucking, them I'm dead. I'm dead. And I wash them. I, I make it all good. You know what I mean? And then Dude. I sell them out. Yeah. Cause people love the blouse joke. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm a do something with this shit and I start selling them. And I'm gonna start making bracelets that say dick strong. You're so amazing. Right? <laughs> like, amazing. You are like, <laughs> you are the most inspirational person in my life. Like that is oh, so my. fucking cool, man. Yeah. Oh my God. I wanna see it. I wanna see this so badly. It's so fashion, right? Like yeah. and, uh, that's what I wanna do. My, my merch is gonna be beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, that's so fucking my, my, my merch is going to represent who the fuck I am and what I do. It's and not you know just what the people music. buying it are like yeah. true Marito fan, like people that come to like get your stuff. It's like, you're not like the fact that you're selling a blouse and not just a regular t-shirt with like your face on it says so yeah. much about you and your brand and what you're trying to sell. And it's yeah. like, if you can personalize, the more personalized these items are, the better because then you'll have like really diehard fans like you'll have people that are like i fuck i am here for blouse i want to see marito in a blouse tonight this is who i came to see i love how you say blouse yeah that's so blouse yeah thank you thank you 
Yeah, one hundred percent. Why? Why? Why shit on somebody for wanting to make money? Yeah, you understand. Provide for their family and friends. And I'm getting older, man. Like, like this is about my career now. And like, I don't want to be. I don't know. I just don't want to be a kid anymore. I I, I want to grow the fuck up and and make this like a like a living, not yeah. just a hobby. Or hey, I'm going on the road to go get drunk or go try to bang girls or whatever the fuck the stupid yeah. uh, uh, fantasies I used to have when I first started stand-up of being this rock star. It's like, nah, man, fuck. It's it's about being an adult. Like, we have to be a professional. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be as, uh, you know, like, you know, like, if, if, if you want people to respect you, you got to respect yourself, right? Yeah. I guess, like, maybe if you're a female comic, you've never had that. Like, I've never gone to a show being like oh man I can't wait for like the guys to approach me after my set and like <laughs> like it's never yeah. been a thing like I've never sure. I've, it's, it's I've just don't think, <laughs> yeah. you don't want people to approach you you're like get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah like if I saw a group of guys coming up to me asking me to hang out like, <laughs> fucking yeah so I can disappear for four years uh no thanks <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> um dude that's so cool man I mean yeah, that's the thing. And like keeping that and like maintaining that is just the most important thing. It's just about, it's just something I've learned also recently is it depends on who you surround yourself with and you need yeah. to be very, I never thankfully never cared about the social aspect of comedy. I am very happy having like a few close friends, people that I really trust and look up to and I'm inspired by. And like, that's it. I don't care to be like the social butterfly at the parties and like doing all that stuff, even though that's, it's just not a natural thing for my personality. There's some people that are, and that's great. It's just not for my personality. So I don't want to like force myself to morph into this, like super social everywhere at all times person. Well, like not, not, not wanting to be social. That's, that's another thing too, man. It's about when you, when you liberate yourself from wanting to impress everyone and be friends with everyone in this industry. Yeah, man. That is the most beautiful feeling because at the end of the day, I've realized now that, especially now that I'm older, the only people that fucking matter are, is my family at the end of the day, straight up. My little brother, my sister, my mom, my dad, my niece and my nephew, brother-in-law and my puppy. That's it. Those are the constant people in my life that will always be there no matter what. If anyone has ever showed me unconditional love, it's my family. I don't care how close I am with so-and-so uh, that I grew up with or in comedy. No one has ever showed me unconditional love either than my family. And that's a fact. Yeah. Right. So let's say if I lose a friendship with someone who, who, who I love and adore, that's fine. Right. Yeah. It sucks. It hurts. You know, like um, they were an important part of my life, but at the end of the day, as long as I have those people I just mentioned, fuck it. Yeah. You know, like things will work out. I'll find another friend. Yeah. Right. And it's truly liberating, man. And it, oh, I hate to sound like a, like a dick, but life goes on, man. Life goes on. If this person doesn't like you, fuck it. You could still go do your thing. Right. I have comedians uh, in Canada who don't like me and they're established. And, and there's been times where I've told myself, Oh, so-and-so doesn't like me. My career is over fuck out of here no man right the only person who can end your career is you that's yeah. it 
nobody can tell you shit. And uh, if the one thing that we need in order to be successful and to feel good is to have like a very laser focused sense of self on stage, you need to know who you are as a comedian. But before that, you need to know who you are as a person. And by spreading yourself too thin and sort of shape-shifting into whoever you want this person to think you are and like whoever you want, you know, this group to think you are, yeah. uh, you will like lose your sense of self because the line will then just become like super blurry and you'll be like, well, what do I want? Who am I? Do I care about this person? Do I care about what they think? Yeah. Uh, is, you know, is their behavior something that I value? And if the answer is no, then just who cares? Just go and do your own thing. I have never, ever, like when I was at Humber, for example, I, um, and I don't want to like, I'm not saying that I'm successful because that's, it means di something different to everybody. Everyone has their own version of success, but I have found happiness and fulfillment. And it's not by hanging out for hours after shows. It's not because of being part of like 17 different social circles. Like when I was at Humber and I was in the comedy program, ask anybody that did that program with me. The second that class was over at 3 p.m., I booked it to the library. I didn't even stand, <laughs> I didn't even stand outside to socialize. I was like, I have a show at 7 p.m., which means that I need to write for at least two hours before the show, because that's what I need to, that's how long I need to spend writing to feel fulfilled and to meet my year end goal of doing whatever. I need to go to the library end of, I need to go to the library because I need time to eat. I need time to kind of chill out, zone out, watch a few YouTube videos, whatever, get into the zone and then do two hours of writing before I leave. That's only like, whatever the math is, was it four hours from three to seven? <laughs> uh, that's how much time I have. That's it. I did not waste any time. I did not go to anybody's house to talk after class. I didn't give a fuck. I was like, you guys are my friends and I love you. But if you're my friend, you'll understand that this is something that I need to do. And I will yeah. see you guys and I'll talk to you tomorrow in the morning or I'll talk to you in between classes or whatever. Yeah. But if you're my one, friend, you'll understand that this is what, this is my process. This is what I need to do to feel happy. Yeah. And yeah. I need to go do that. 1000%. And, and, and that is like such a, like, the, that's such a nurturing thing you can, it's like hugging your insides, your soul. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, it's knowing what your routine is and no matter what you stick to that routine. You yeah. don't get fucking peer pressured into this or that. And especially with me, with drinking, right? Like I need my boys or, or whoever to understand that I can't stick around at a bar for, for as long as y'all do. You know what I mean? I can't be going here or there. Uh, yeah, I'll stick around. I'll dance. I'll socialize. But once I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not there for a purpose, I'm out. That's yeah. why I don't go to open mics as much anymore. Yeah. Because if I'm not working on a new joke or... Uh, doing anything that's productive to my stand-up, I'm just in a bar. Yeah. Wasting time. And yeah. that's the worst place I, a person like me, could waste time is in a bar. Right? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And uh, even, like, as soon as, like, I can feel my social battery depleting. Like, I'm not somebody that gets energy by being around lots of people. Like, like for me to go to a party takes a lot. Like I need to know a lot of people there personally. Like I don't like being around strangers for like long periods of time. I like meeting new people, but not in like a party setting. It's not intimate enough for me. Like I feel like I need to know you personally before 
I can, you know, spend time at a party with you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So it's like, yeah, I totally get that. And I feel my social battery like depleting, like every hour that like passes, I feel, I feel most alone if I'm in a room uh, with people that like, I barely know, like that's when I feel most alone. I'm okay being by myself for hours doing whatever it is that I want to do. Yeah. But I start to feel lonely if I'm around people that I feel like don't understand me or yeah. like have like very surface level connections with like small talk. I don't like very much. It's like, I don't, I don't like that. I hate small talk. Yeah. And, and you know, you know what, what else is crazy too, is that uh, I have this, like people, people think I'm this very sociable, happy dude. Right. Which is a cool thing for people to think about you. Like, yeah, I'm grateful for that. But at the end of the day, man, uh, I get drained easily. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Like people come and try to drain me of my energy and they're not doing it intentionally, but they do. Like, yeah. and, and sometimes people get very surprised if I snap at them mm. or if I stand up for myself. If I go, hey, bro, you're being too much. People are like, oh, why are, why are you being so angry? Yeah. And it's like, because I'm not a punk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy and I'll be nice to you. But if you fucking step on my toes, what do you expect me to do? Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So like, it, it, it's about understanding your boundaries, your, your, uh, like what, what will take you out of your happiness. Right. And I feel that all the time I could be like, for example, like uh, a comedy bar where it's so many people are around, but it's so draining that you feel like you're alone as fuck. That's you know what, what I mean? it is. I, I like, I love comedy bar as a performance space and I love going to hang out with friends there, but like parties and stuff at anywhere, any comedy party. Um, I just don't like the idea of like talking to somebody and then them like looking over your shoulder to see if there's somebody else that they need to talk to or like whatever. And it's like, everybody just gets drunk and tells you what they think about you. And it's like, no fucking thanks. I don't need to yeah. see people that I respect in this, in this, like, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want somebody who I look up to, to like say something rude to me by accident because it's like, fuck this. Like now I've got to like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like, exactly. I'd rather, you know, I, I would just rather see everybody at shows or like, on if we want to go for like a walk together or whatever and hang out but i don't i don't like that at all yeah yeah one thousand. and it's good that you know that because that's all you need right that's your first weapon against bullshit yeah you just have to surround yourself by people who you know their intentions are good and and that's pretty much all you can do fuck yeah yeah um i mean i guess that's kind of like the end of our podcast we've been talking for an hour i'm I'm really fun. Yeah, it's been really fun, dude. And you know what? Honestly, like I will say that you're definitely one of those people for me. Like you, I you have really pure intentions, and I feel like you have like a really pure soul. And I'm drawn to people like that. And I I don't know. Like I honestly like yeah. You're you're so awesome. Thank you for thank you you for being my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. That's the Uh, my friend. (laughs) No, that's not. Yo, I likewise, uh, I, I love talking with you after shows, like, uh, before shows, like, it's always so fun. You have this like infectious, just like, you know, oh man, it's going to be fun. You know what I mean? There's going to be nothing else other than that ingredient of like, 
uh, integrity. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just going to be a good moment. Thank so you. I, when you, I saw you were doing the podcast, I'm like, oh, man, I'd love to talk shit with her, like about spirituality, whatever it may be, right? Yeah, that's what it is. I feel like you're definitely one of those people that's tapped into that. And I don't feel like you, like, I don't, I, I've gotten this before too, where people are like, like if I meet like a stranger for the first time and like they find out that I do stand-up comedy they're just like oh I, I never would have guessed that like you don't seem like a stand-up comedian and yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that like I don't I don't feel pressure to feel funny all the time like when I sit down to write and I'm writing for stand-up I will write yeah. but I'm I'm a human being before anything else so it's like if I don't feel funny that day I'm not okay. putting pressure on myself to make people fucking laugh in like day to day you know what's crazy yeah and I'm, uh, I don't think during this podcast, I was funny at all. You, you were so why? funny. See, I feel, now I'm like, I feel pressured to be funny on this podcast because no. I'm like, maybe I'm not you funny at all, but I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. It's like, if you fuck with me, you fuck with me. If not, then whatever. It's like everybody that's listening to this knows that I do stand up comedy. If you think I'm funny, go watch a, a video. I don't know. Here, I like yeah. talking about, I'm a, we're real people having a real conversation and yeah. if it's funny, it's funny. If not, and it's a little bit more serious and we talk more about like spirituality or meditation or whatever, then so be it. And, and, and that's the thing, right? With this, my intention was like, I just want to let people know my process. Yeah. I could give a fuck about making jokes. Yeah. I know I'm funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't got to go and, you know, I oh, like be all jokey, jokey and like on. I'm like, come on, man. Like, I'm people like that, that are scary. <laughs> well like they're scary like if i'm yeah. talking to you and you're doing bits the whole time i'm like you're you don't even see me as a person right now you don't care about this conversation you just want me to laugh at what you're saying i get what yeah. you're doing but you're projecting and you need to go you need to go to therapy just you, yeah. you don't have to do this <laughs> yeah man